Hola, mi gente linda. It is Thursday, April 8th, and today I'm going to give you the most important headlines for this week, so you are all caught up in the news. Welcome to Cafecito con Tono Latino. This is going to be my trial episode, so let me know if you like it. Email me at hola at tonolatino.com or find me in your favorite social network that is not Facebook. This episode is going to be dedicated to my friend Joel because he's been on my case to make a podcast forever. And let's say that today I wanted to give him this surprise. Let's get started. Today, President Biden announced six executive actions to reduce gun violence in the United States, but unfortunately, they address only a very small part of the problem. One of Biden's executive orders is new regulations on something called ghost guns, which are guns that come in kits and are assembled either at home or with a 3D printer. These ghost guns don't have serial numbers and it's they're untraceable by the federal government. Biden also nominated Dave Chipman as the new director to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, also known as the ATF. He is a veteran of that organization where he spent 25 years as a special agent. He's now been working for Giffords, an organization founded by former Representative Gabriel, Gabrielle, sorry, Giffords of Arizona, who was wounded in a mass shooting in 2011. If he gets confirmed, he could be the agency's first permanent director since 2015. But let's get back to the issue of gun control. Congress is really the one with the power to put assault, assault weapon bans in place or to require something like universal background checks. And there's two bills that have already passed in the House of Representatives. One of them would force private sellers to conduct background checks on every purchase. And another bill would close a loophole that allows buyers to complete their purchases without a background check if the FBI doesn't complete it quickly. The problem is that it's going to be very hard to get those bills through the Senate because of that horrible thing that I despise called the filibuster, which means you need a minimum of 60 votes to pass most legislation in the Senate. There are some exceptions, like you might have seen anything related to the budget, budget reconciliation, needs a simple majority of just 51. That's how the Biden administration and the Democrats in Congress were able to pass the recent COVID-19 stimulus package and everything else that came with it. Now, on that front, this week, the Democrats got some good news from the Senate parliamentarian who told them that they're able to use this simple majority to pass other things, not just once more, which they were saving for the infrastructure bill, but gun reform or voting rights is not something that can be passed by simple majority. One of the biggest obstacles in the Senate right now to get rid of those requirements of 60 people is a man by the name of Joe Manchin. He's a Democratic senator from West Virginia. He is also against background checks on private gun sales. He's against ending the filibuster. He's against many things, and I'm not going to go on a 
tangent right now because my blood's gonna start boiling. But while we sit on this, for example, today, six people were shot in Texas and at least one of them died. Yesterday, Wednesday, five people, including two children, were killed in their home in South Carolina. In other news, the CDC says that the coronavirus variant first identified in the UK, also known as B117, is now the dominant strain in the United States. This strain is 50% more contagious than others, and it accounts for about 27% of the cases that are in the country right now. Five states that make up just 22% of the country's population accounted for 43% of confirmed new infections over the last week. Those states are New York, Michigan, Florida, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Some of you are wondering, for example, why can't the United States donate COVID-19 vaccines to other countries? Well, it's because the Trump administration signed contracts with vaccine manufacturers that prohibit the U.S. from sharing its surplus doses with the rest of the world. And in other healthcare news, between mid-February and the end of March, more than 500,000 people signed up for healthcare coverage through the Affordable Care Act. The Biden administration opened a special enrollment period for everyone on healthcare.gov, and that has been extended until August 15th. I mentioned this on my Monday newsletter that, by the way, is always focused on just positive news related to politics. Now, almost 7 million more people now qualify for free health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. 1.3 million more could sign up for health plans that cost under $50 a month. And 3.7 million people are eligible for the ACA's premium subsidies. So if you know anybody that doesn't have health insurance, tell them to go visit healthcare.gov. Also this week, the Biden administration made things easier for Medicaid recipients in Michigan and Wisconsin. These states are no longer going to require people that have Medicaid to either work or attend school or job training in order to enroll in the public health program. These were requirements that were established by the Trump administration. Let's change topics a little bit and go to taxes on corporations and Biden's infrastructure bill. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is talking about a global minimum corporate tax rate. That's definitely one way to prevent US companies from going overseas now that the Biden administration is raising corporate taxes to pay for the infrastructure plan that is incredibly popular. And I'm going to tell you that about that in a second. Yellen is going to talk to other G20 countries so that they set a minimum tax rate, while here in the United States, the Democrats are going to have to decide how much to raise taxes on corporations. I told you that the infrastructure plan was very popular. A morning consult and political poll from this week shows that 65% of Americans support higher corporate taxes to pay for infrastructure, and that 82% want that infrastructure no matter what. If you're ever interested in knowing more about where I'm getting this information, all of these things have links in my newsletter. So just check out the links in the show notes. The initial idea proposed by the Biden administration was to raise corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. But 
here comes again, Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, is saying that that is too much. Now, let me remind you, some of these corporations are not even paying 21%. They're not paying 20. They're not paying 17, 16, 13, 10, 9, nothing. They're paying zero in federal taxes. And some of them are paying negative taxes, meaning they're getting rebates from the government. So this week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that Biden is open to negotiation about the size of the package and how to pay for it, but not willing to just sit and do nothing. I always end the newsletter with some additional news that you should keep on your radar. And the first one was not intended to get so long, but it just kind of grew. Last week, I told everybody to keep this story on their radar because Matt Getz, Gates, Gets, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I really do not care to learn about that. But anyway, he is a Trump fanboy and also a representative from Florida. I told you last week that he was being investigated for sex crimes and possibly for child sex trafficking, okay? And I told you to keep it on your radar because every single day this story gets crazier. He's been under investigation since the Trump administration. So any person that tells you that this is retaliation from the Biden Justice Department is absolutely on crack. He's under investigation over a possible sexual relationship with a 17-year-old. Now, this week, the New York Times also reported that apparently he had been looking for a blanket preemptive pardon for himself and unidentified congressional allies for any crimes they may have committed. How convenient is that? Trump came to his defense and denied that Matt Gates ever, ever did this. I cannot pronounce his last name. Yesterday, it got even worse because federal authorities are now looking into a trip that he took to the Bahamas in late 2018 or maybe early 2019 as part of this investigation. And according to CBS News, he was with an entrepreneur and hand surgeon based out of Orlando, Jason Perossolo, that's a cool last name, who allegedly paid for the travel expenses and accommodations and female escorts. Now, today, Thursday, April 8th, a former Florida tax collector, who's also a friend of Matt Gates, which is exactly how this all started, he is facing an array of federal charges, including a sex trafficking count, and this man is now expected to plead guilty, and he could cooperate as a key witness against Matt Gates. Now, some of you might be wondering, why the heck am I including this in my podcast. What do you care about this guy? Well, because Matt Gates is a very, very popular Republican congressman. And like I said, he's a Trump fanboy. He has a lot of visibility and the GOP doesn't seem to mind. I mean, as these things were happening, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy even said that he wasn't going to kick Matt Gates off of the House committees if he was charged with these crimes, only if he was convicted. And later he backtracked like a dirty crab. 
Now let's talk about something else that's happening in this country. The Derek Chauvin trial. Derek Chauvin is the former cop who we all saw put a knee on George Floyd's neck in May of last year until George Floyd died. I know that uh, media is supposed to use alleged killer and all those things. Um, But let's get to what's going on. We're on day seven of the trial, I believe. And earlier this week, there was testimony from top-ranking police officials that testified that the way that Chauvin used force against George Floyd was not only unnecessary, but it also went against his training. Now, the defense has been trying to paint a George Floyd as a drug addict and say that this had something to do with his drug addiction to opioids and that that caused his heart to stop, whatever, whatever. But today... A pulmonary expert testified that George Floyd died of oxygen deprivation. Somebody that was healthy that had been subjected to what George Floyd was subjected to would have died. This trial is expected to last for about a month, so I will keep you updated as it moves along. Now, changing topics and back to Trump and his campaign. I don't know if you saw the story, but I have to tell you. The Trump campaign tricked its supporters and got millions of dollars in donations using a really, really dirty trick. This was reported first by the New York Times and they showed how the Trump campaign used this weird fine print and pre-checked boxes to get recurring donations from donors starting last September because they really, really, really needed money to stay afloat. Now, when you were gonna make a donation, they would have these boxes in yellow with a bunch of text. And then at the bottom, it would say something like, make this a weekly recurring donation until the 3rd of November, or something else saying things like, We are X number of days away from election day and American patriots like you inspired Donald Trump to keep fighting, blah, 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 blah. And then at the bottom, not in bold, would say, donate an additional $100 on whatever date. So people who were planning to donate once to the Trump campaign, all of a sudden started seeing debits happening every week. And this led to, obviously, demands for refunds and complaints to banks and credit card companies. I mean, if you intend to make a political donation, I made made several of them last year. It is very clear when you donate on the Democratic side called Act Blue, there's a thing you can check to make it a recurring donation, but it's very easy to see. You know when you're choosing to make this a recurring donation. That's not what happened on the Trump side. They were using a company called WinRed, who apparently is designating this um, tactic as their money bomb. And just look at the difference in the numbers between the Trump campaign and the Biden campaign for the same amount of time, where the Biden campaign had to refund its donors $21 million. Sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes they actually don't pay attention and they do click that recurring 
monthly donation when they don't intend to, or perhaps they accidentally put an extra zero into the box and instead of donating $50, they donated $500 and they asked for a refund. That's fine. But while the Biden donation, while the Biden campaign had to refund $21 million, the Trump campaign refunded $122 million. $122 million that a struggling campaign needed and basically got as a 0% loan from its donors. I mean, these people were thinking they were going to make a one-time donation. It wasn't like a, you know, let's sign up for a monthly subscription to a gym or a monthly subscription to a magazine. That's not what they were doing, but that's what happened. And some of these people were scammed out of thousands and thousands of dollars. And you would want to know, well, what does the Republican Party think about this? Like, are they ashamed? Well, guess what? Not only are they not ashamed about this, they are doubling down. This week, the National Republican Congressional Committee, the NRCC, is using the same tactic with the pre-checked box to warn their donors that if they opt out of the recurring monthly donation, that they, they, the Republican Congressional Committee, is going to have to tell Trump that these people are defectors. And they use the exact same box to try to get people to give them more money. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It just makes me want to throw up, you know? Maybe you've heard rumors that the nuclear deal between the United States and Iran might come back. I don't want to hold my breath because a lot needs to happen for this deal to come back to place. But at least the two countries are having discussions in Vienna. And the issue is that Iran wants the US to lift the sanctions that it put in place. But the US wants Iran to limit it's uranium enrichment. So sit tight and I'll keep you posted if anything else develops on this front. That's going to be it for today. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at tono.latino, same handle on TikTok. You can reach me at hola at tonolatino.com or just visit my website, tonolatino.com. You can always support me by buying a coffee mug or hoodie, t-shirt, tumbler, anything else in my store at store.tonolatino.com or become a patron. All the links mentioned are going to be in the show notes and I hope to hear back from you soon. Take care. Buenas noches. Ciao.